What's up, everybody? Welcome to another show. Today, I have very special guests who I've known longer than anyone, really, besides my parents. It is my brother, JP Took. JP, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. Um, so, a lot of you, if you're a student here, you know JP. He's always... At the front, he's the one that meets new students the first time that they come in. Uh, you rarely will see him, you know, in um, like in class, but you always see him at the school working. And wanted to give everybody a chance to get to know him a little bit, talk about how he got involved in at Team Took Mixed Martial Arts Academy, you know, what he was doing before that, and what martial arts has kind of you know meant to to his life up until this point it's a great story and um, I'm excited to share with you guys so tell him a little bit about kind of what what did you have going on before you started working at the school well uh not like from birth just <laughs> a little bit right. before then like all my jobs or just prior to yeah just here. what you know like what you had going on what, what were some of your you know, some of your plans and goals leading, you know, before you got involved here? When I was a teenager, I had big ambitions to be in a famous metal band. How, how famous? <laughs> that was the main goal, but I didn't, I didn't really, uh, I guess ambitious isn't the right word. I just wanted to be in a metal band to play live shows and have a great time. That's kind of my main focus for a long time is just playing guitar a lot and then I started playing drums later, and that's just kind of what I wanted to do, and everything sort of revolved around that. I worked at a music store called Music Go Round, which unfortunately is no longer open. We gotta speak real close. That's a bummer. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I actually taught uh, guitar and drums for probably about a year, I guess, maybe a little bit longer, uh, at a place called Six Strings Music Academy. I was not athletic at all. I was athletic. For most of my life, but for a while during all the music stuff, I wasn't. I was chubby as a kid. Then I became pretty athletic, like in middle school. And when the, you know, when Team Took started in our dad's garage, which was called Definitive Martial Arts at the time, in case you guys didn't know that. Little known fact. Yeah. Uh, then I was like crazy about jujitsu for a few months. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then it, then I wasn't crazy about it. And uh, so then everything just kind of revolved around the music stuff, and that's all I wanted to do. And I wanted to be a music teacher, and and I did that for a while, and it was it was cool. I, I gained a lot of weight. I was pretty lazy. And then you and Miguel, Miguel owns Team Took Cyprus. Uh, I think just asked me if I wanted to go on a trip with you guys, a business trip. Yeah. Are we allowed to say who hosted that? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> you can say anything you want. <laughs> Lloyd Irvin, it, MMA, uh, that was the event we went to. You never really know what people have been through unless they open up and talk to you about it, which that happens a lot on the first day, and, I, and I'm not really prepared sometimes to hear some things that people tell me. Yeah. Um, which I guess that's kind of a cool thing, that they feel comfortable enough to share these things with me. But, I mean, I've heard a lot of crazy, crazy things that people have gone through after talking to someone, you know, and meeting them for the first time within the first 10 minutes. Right. And I'm hearing just some crazy, crazy stories. Well, I think some people are, are they're just ready to let everything out because they've reached a point in their lives where some of the solutions to their problems have not been met with other 
uh, other options that they've tried. Right. And so now they're sort of opening up. And, and I think when you say, well, you're not expecting it, but that comes with having a demeanor about you that's uh, open and people feel comfortable enough to share that. Right. And, and I think it's so important that when you're meeting with somebody that they can really feel that you're interested in them. You're interested in finding a solution to the problem and helping them and showing them why this is going to be beneficial to them. And instead of just showing all the, the features of what we have in the school and everything, but actually showing them how this is going to uh, change their life moving forward. And you, we mentioned something a moment ago. I wanted to touch on the idea that martial arts was created for battle because it was the ancient warriors who um, fought each other and human beings have been fighting each other since we were, um, nomadic people since we were hunter gatherers it was just it's a natural part of um, being human and over time we've become civilized more civilized and we formed societies but what these ancient martial arts tradition found was that in order to become the most effective soldier really required you to become a more disciplined individual And so those are the lessons that have been passed down to now where the only fighting that hopefully we ever have to get into is uh, in the form of competition. And whereas, you know, where you can go out and you can compete and you can, if it's mixed martial arts, you might be punching and kicking each other, but you're going to hug each other when it's over. We've removed this element of greed. I'm taking over your land or I'm, I'm here to take your village or I'm here to, you know, there's no longer about power and personal gain. It's about individual growth. And that can happen if I tap you out or if you tap me out. We can both learn from I wouldn't situation. tap you out. Huh? I wouldn't tap you out. So only one of us would be learning there. Huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> that can happen. No, because if I... No, we both learn. I tap you out and yeah. I learn that I'm awesome. And you get <laughs> right. tapped out and you learn. <laughs> we both learn either way. Awesome. <laughs> Who's getting the better lesson here though? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that everyone now. Everyone learns. Um, so anyway, yeah, I wanted to, cause I think that's an important point when I try to, when I try to tell people what jujitsu is and then what it's going to do for them, the ideas seem to conflict with one another. Well, you're going to grab right. someone who's going to grab you. You're going to try to throw them on the ground while they're trying to do that to you. You're going to try to get to a position that is uh, dominant and very uncomfortable to them. And then with your arms, legs, and body, you're going to use it to put them into a position that threatens injury or unconsciousness. And when you're done, you're going to think it's the most awesome feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. right? So to explain jujitsu verbally is is quite the challenge i would say to explain right. like okay well this is this is what it is but it's cool you know you it's ever... kind of better to hold off on the explanation of it and just kind of throw them right into it <laughs> yeah because it then really they then they're distracted with oh it's kind of like flight or fight mode at that point yeah they're just kind of distracted and they're like oh i'm okay with these this really really uh close encounter with you in these awkward positions and it kind of makes sense now but the feeling that you get when you're done with that is like wow that is totally awesome 
now I'm okay with this. Whereas if you explained it, hey, you're going to get in between my legs and I'm going to squeeze you and you're not going to be able to do anything. And if you just showed somebody the position, it's like, no, don't want to do that. I want to do striking now. Right. Um, uh, but if they just jump right into it, um, they get that feeling of connecting with somebody um, mentally and physically. Because, yeah. I mean, you're, you're trying to beat each other. You're having to think so much. Um, that type of connection uh, is, is really impossible to replicate with any other type of activities yeah and what i say too is when you actually learn how to apply these techniques uh and and you do one you know you get your first submission or your choke that's that's something you'll that moment you'll remember forever like that's something where like whoa i have I've got this power. I really have this power. I can do this and I can do it to somebody stronger than me or bigger or faster than me because I know something that they don't know. Then somebody passing your guard or choking you or arm barring you becomes an educational process. Now it's about, oh, I want to see how they did that. I want to know what they're doing better than me so that I can add that to my game. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's amazing to see the transformation of people. When when you first meet with, because you meet with a lot of people, and there are varying levels of confidence and concern when these people walk through the door. What would you say when talking to parents? What is the like? What's the number one concern of parents with their kids? Why are why are parents bringing their kids in? Discipline and self defense. Mm-hmm. Those are the two most frequent benefits that parents want for their kids um when okay so when they come in and they're and they ask about that does it does it typically involve and so those aren't just random you said you kind of narrowed those down that means that obviously these are things that are lacking is bullying something that a lot of parents are bullying is a is a big one um whether they are getting getting bullied or bully prevention because parents are hearing about things that are happening to other kids or watching the news way too much, <laughs> right? <laughs> so thank you for the news for all the negativity because it scares people into wanting to do martial arts. It also paints a really ugly picture of how bad the world is, which it's really not at all. But it's beneficial to us, right? Because people come here like, oh my God, Fox News says that things are getting bad and people are being mean to each other. It's like, (laughs) well, people have always been mean to each other. They're less mean now than they ever have been. Uh, That's my opinion, at least. I'm sure uh, most people don't view it that way. But well, I think what you said it, you you said it correctly. Um, there's no new problems. There are new ways to distribute fear. You know, it's like exactly. there, there right, are always right. ways to show that you know, oh, there's the world is horrible. But but if you just if you look at the good that's happening, there's there's plenty of good. And back to you kind of made a joke like, oh, the the media promotes fear and that brings people in and right. Um, well, it's true. And, yeah, I mean, it does. Some people well, are. I mean, so, what are. So, well, so many people, I mean, they. I, I think even yesterday I had someone say, you know, uh, I, you know, I really want them to arm themselves a little bit, have a little bit of self-defense and awareness because you know how the world's getting these days. <laughs> yeah. As if, you know, someone our age knows what the world was like to live in 50 or 60 years ago. Like we say or it so nonchalant. Like, years ago. You know, nowadays it's way worse, you know, 100 years ago when we were growing up and uh, <laughs> we were fighting over our sword or something like that. And Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, the world, I, you, I, can I say, you can say things aren't getting better, but they're not, sure. they're not getting worse in terms of violence. What you have is you, you just have 
a world full of a lot of different types of people. You have and more people. ways to find out about it. You have bad people. You have more things publicized. I think um, to to kind of uh, run an idea, you said people coming in because they're they're afraid, but they stay because of the camaraderie and the friendships and the and the relationships that they form Absolutely. over here. Because yeah. the reality is, if somebody comes in, oh, I want to come in and I want to do six weeks of martial arts to learn some basic self-defense. They're not really going to learn anything that they get to keep with them for the rest of their lives. They need more training than that. Uh, but within a couple of years, you can learn some very realistic, competent self-defense skills that you will take with you but people stay longer than that and it's although we like the belts and we like the promotion we have goals it's really about this daily environment this growing and improving every single day trying to get one percent better a day and that's something that we can't always explain to people on day one hey right, you, right. let me let me fast forward your life yes you know almost like showing them a crystal ball of how they're going to be in four years what kind of changes they're going to make we have to just focus on their primary concern, the discipline, the self-defense, confidence, right, right. those things. Yeah, you have to start with solving their problem first. Right. And yeah, just like you said, that's that's kind of why they get involved, but they don't stay for those reasons. Yeah. Five years later, they're, they're not saying, you know, oh, I can't wait to keep learning more about self-defense because even well, no, five years or ten do. years. Well, that's part of it. True. You keep I mean, learning new it's moves. It's awesome, but I mean – most people aren't using this stuff either. They're staying, unless they're doing like competition, unless they're competing or training, right? Which is in, which is with the people, with, with the exception of of police officers and uh, you know security. Some people have been in private security or some form of law enforcement mm-hmm. where it's beneficial to them, and their superiors actually recommended them doing this. Right. I, mean, I had someone the other day who was kind of competing for a. Um, a security role and kind of whoever had the most martial arts credentials mm-hmm. was most likely going to be the one that was Oh, so uh, it was a career, a career benefit. It was. Yeah. So that was a big part of it. But like you're saying, people, they stay because of the people and the culture and their personal growth and getting to help others grow as well. I know. Because um, it's kind of a selfish thing to begin with. I'm doing this for me. Sure. To arm myself and to become more disciplined um, and to boost my confidence. When it comes to self-defense, the more you, the longer you've been training in jiu-jitsu, the higher your ability to defend yourself and uh, protect yourself in a real street altercation or fight. And I've been asked before, like, how long you've been doing jiu-jitsu? Well, uh, over 20 years. And when was the last time, you know, you had to use it like in a fight, not in a tournament or in class, but in an actual fight. So the last time I was in a like a real fight, I was 14, which was before I started doing jujitsu. Right. Because the idea of getting into a fight is so much less appealing when you have the confidence that you need to actually win that fight. There's no more desire to want to get into it. And that that becomes a part of it when you're younger, this this ability to feel like you have to prove yourself or you have to, um, you know, I think that's sometimes why there are uh, people that pursue these engagements, bullies, because it's an yeah. attractive idea. If I, if I can, if I can be dominant over another person, that kind of puts me at a, 
at a higher a higher level in the hierarchy. Right. Um, but when Which you is a, go ahead. Well, when you have the confidence, you're already kind of at that level, and so right, now right. you can enjoy the the good feelings of being nice to someone or sticking sure. up for someone who's maybe not in that position, who's maybe being bullied. You can be the one to stand up for them, and it changes everything. Not just your um, not just your skill set, but your actual the way you walk, the way you talk, the way that you respond, the way that you face fear and challenges, you do it with this belief that you're going to overcome it even if you don't have uh, the confidence for whatever that particular task is. You have right. inner confidence. Absolutely. And that uh, is going to express itself in anything that you try to do. Yeah, and that that's so much more fulfilling and real and rewarding than winning a alcohol-induced street fight with somebody yeah. in which you have no idea what the other person is capable of. Right. I think that they talked about it. I mean, I'm sure I've heard this in a few places, but it was actually on Joe Rogan podcast too, where, um, you know, he's, he was blown away, which I am, I'm sure you are as well, just blown away by people who have never trained in martial arts by yeah. their crazy amount of confidence to just get in a fight with a total stranger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's I, mind I blowing that one or listening to that one too. because if they win, it's just going to inflate their unhealthy ego to a different level, and that's just going to be horrible. Yeah, for, I'm, to, for I'm them. to the point now that I feel I feel confident. You know, if anything were to happen, and it would be very difficult to happen, you would have to threaten. Yeah, good me for you, but for... I didn't ask that. <laughs> but if they won that fight, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're gonna. Edit I want to hear about that too. <laughs> but you laughed. So if they win that mm. that fight, it's just going to blow up their unhealthy ego that much more. Uh -huh. If they lose, it's going to wreck their ego. Yeah. Right? And also I, No, I would disagree with that. I say they would just do it again. Because well, because probably. if you maybe it's very temporary. Yeah, if you've that just means don't fight that person. Sure. They're gonna beat me up. I'll I'll go. Or they'll or they'll make excuses as to why they lost. Yeah, the but it's also crazy too that people will do that not having a clue uh, of the other person's intentions, mm -hmm. not knowing that person's character whatsoever, and you have no idea if they're going to pull out a weapon on you. Yeah. But you're but they're still so confident in getting into a fight. And, and that just blows my mind that people will do that. But but like you were saying, too, well, I wonder how ago much is, of it is confidence and how much of it is fear that caused them to um, sure. to do it. Or, or, or you know? influenced by actually... their peers or whoever they're with. I mean, there's so yeah. many factors that lead up to why they do that. I forget uh, where I heard this, but but people behave in general totally different when they're alone versus when they're around their friends especially well, teenagers yeah. the most, mm -hmm. right? You'll have a teenager who's great behavior, great relationship with their parents, makes good grades, um, makes a lot of good choices. Right. And then they're with their peers and they do the stupidest crap ever and make horrible decisions, but it's all influenced by their peers. And that, that's, that's why, you know, peer pressure is such a powerful thing which kind of going back to this whole character development thing with martial arts uh, gives people immunity to negative peer pressure. Right. Every teenager is going to experience peer pressure. Well, I mean, all age groups. Everybody, really, but no matter what. At that peak hormonal time of change is when you're most 
vulnerable. And so, your friends are your that's the most important thing. Absolutely. It's the yeah, everything is about You have like blinders on and, to everything. And I remember else. I remember going feeling the same way. And yeah, sure. you know, luckily it didn't um you know, make any decisions that were uh, life altering. Um, you know, you, you you see a lot of uh, teenagers that will drink and drive when they're sixteen, or just engage in very dangerous behavior. And um, and I remember being young, you know, and and having that kind of fearless mentality. Right. But I was still attached to the goal of doing martial arts and so that would keep me from engaging in certain reckless behavior i still had the thoughts and i still had the friends that wanted to do that but it was this this these lessons that i had learned from martial arts tied to a goal of actually getting good at martial arts and pursuing that path that sort of steered me away from making some you know more poor decisions than i otherwise would have yeah i i really think the the impact that it can have on kids leading into those teenage years especially right. when life doesn't play out as smoothly as it ought to which it which it almost never does you have divorce you have people that um, get in trouble you have introduction to drugs and alcohol you have a lot of challenges that come your way you know from the time you're a child into teenage years and then into adulthood and um, by the time you get you know, to adulthood and it's time to go into the workforce. If you don't have some of these lessons ingrained in who you are and, and guiding your better decision making, life yeah. can be pretty damn hard, you yeah. know? So yeah, I, I I just wanted to talk a little bit because I know you're you have to hear these stories all the time. And it's kinda of tough to wrap up into one episode because there are there are so many unique challenges among parents and and students who are, you know, adults who want to improve their quality of life when they come in the way that you talk and listen to them is is really one of the most important aspects of being a great leader is is really listening and you do you do a lot of that i gripe at you sometimes because i'm like jp you took too long with that person but you but then i don't know what the conversation is you know and you're hmm. you've built a relationship where now that person feels for better or worse comfortable texting you at like three in the morning to share you know their feelings but i mean that says a yeah. lot about sure about that yeah and in turn has uh just improved my life so much too we'll talk, talk, talking to those those people about yeah sure share that a little things. bit like what is it meant to to make those connections being an introverted person I, I feel like i'm the same way although i have to be extroverted around people someone who's naturally introverted having to meet brand new people mm -hmm. every day and try to make a strong connection in a little over an hour. Yeah. I mean, even after, I guess it's coming up on about 10 years of working here and doing this, mm -hmm. I still have that moment of like seeing the new person come in where I'm just like, ah, oh, crap, here we go again. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I want to be alone right now because that's a comfortable place, mm -hmm. which is the worst place to be. You know, every, uh, not everybody, but we all love our comfort zones, and I think the majority of people probably could use a little bit less of that. Everybody, um, everybody, yeah. I mean, we could we could definitely use less of it, um, but we chase that a lot, and uh, the, 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 there's always this kind of well, you know, grind it out at work, but I can't wait to get home. It's always like I'm looking at the end of the day, looking at the end of the day, can't wait to get home to be comfortable and be in my happy place. 
um, and, and you're never truly present. And when you can really be truly present, even with a total stranger that you weren't necessarily looking forward or overly excited to meet, but when you can do that, what, what I have found just personally, and I know for so many other people, um, that's one of the most important places to, to be. As, as much as possible. And there's been times, you know, where I'll go three or four days without meeting any new people because they just don't come in or, um, oh, that's really it. They, they don't show up. Right? Mm. People, people cancel their appointments all the time, probably due to being terrified to come in because it's MMA and they think that they're going to have to prove themselves, which people tell me that on the first day. And some people come in and their very first experience was that they had to prove themselves. And that sucks to hear that. You're talking uh, about if they went to like if they went some, yeah somewhere else X Y Z MMA and they threw them in the octagon on their very first day and it's like hey welcome to our academy uh, let's see what you got like I mean I, I've had plenty of people tell me that yeah and it's unbelievable that they're giving it another chance after going through something like that mm-hmm. I hate hearing those stories it's ridiculous that anybody would would do that to them but um, yeah just kind of going back to meeting with new people where I don't necessarily feel like it or I've gone a few days without doing it and then I do it and if I have several of them back to back especially where we, we connect a lot we have great conversation they've opened up I'll even you know open up a little bit and share some of my past. Um, then when I'm done with that and I'm back into my comfort zone, my comfort zone all of a sudden feels a little uncomfortable because it's idle time and my mind is kind of going into what, what are some instant gratification, fun things I can do to fill these next three minutes with, or five minutes, you know, just, just total crap stuff, crap dialogue going through your mind and, after being around people consistently, just, you know, like let's say in one day I meet with four new people, that's what I want to keep doing. Yeah. Which is usually the last thing that I want to do is meet new people and talk to them and entertain what they want to talk about. But but when I do it enough, it, the the it's kind of reversed. Like that's what I want to do now. Come up with these excuses, which which I do myself uh, to not do it. But then when you when you finally do experience it, you can get to that point where you realize that interacting with people, whether you've known them for ten years or it's the very first day, is the most overall therapeutic thing that you can do, regardless of your goals with martial arts, even if you never compete you're never going to use it outside of here and even if you don't even if you're not like an MMA nerd you you go in for the people and you go in to connect with people and that's where people benefit from this overall the most even UFC fighters I think even UFC champions if you ask them the same question like I was mentioning a little while ago if they if if someone offered them ten million dollars, but they had to trade in their UFC belts, their coaches, their relationships, everything they've learned along the way, I think all of them would say no, because that that made them who they are, right? And in in many many ways, doing this for the past ten years has made me into who I am, which I think is a completely different person uh, than was initially projected if I had just kept doing what I was doing prior to working here, right? So it's 
it's been a character developmental process for me working here, which is what I talk about to people right. just as much as it has for a four-year-old or somebody in their 60s or 70s. Well, I, I agree too. I, I think it's um, it's ongoing education forever. We don't reach that point where we know it all and now we just share. It's like uh, you don't reach a point of black belt where you know it all and now you just teach. You you still have to continue to learn and get better. And, and that's, the, that's what's great about this whole process is it allows you to continue that while allowing other people who you meet to be introduced to to this great world. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. This is JP Took. Make sure you come by, say hello, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one.